This is Monocle on Design Extra. It's a short show to accompany our weekly programme where we discuss everything from architecture and craft to furniture and fashion. I'm Maylie Evans, and today I'm taking the wheel to focus on car design. It's one with a global history when it comes to manufacturing, from Japanese cult classics and French Art Deco masterpieces to Italian icons and American styling sensations. It's also the subject of a new title published by Fiden, The Atlas of Car Design, The World's Most Iconic Cars, which delves into the exceptional and noteworthy examples from 190 manufacturers from across the globe. To reflect on some of his findings, here's journalist and broadcaster and the book's author, Jason Barlow, with more. I believe that the car was perhaps the defining invention of the 20th century. Currently, the industry is going through the single biggest and most important transition since the car was invented in 1886 by Carl Benz. I think he's credited with the very first car. This is a fascinating, important existential moment for the entire industry as everybody pivots towards electrification and perhaps hydrogen as well. So it's, it's a good time to take stock. I also believe that the automobile is as important a shaper of cities as buildings. They're mobile pieces of of architecture in a way. Everybody knows the contribution that North America's made, Europe, Italy, the UK, France. But I think perhaps some of the the gems in this book are, like, for example, I did not know that Egypt had, had ever attempted to get a domestic car industry off the ground, but it did. It didn't work, but they still tried. Central and South America have yielded some fascinating cars and stories. One of the other things that I was obsessed with this book was ensuring that it would be a piece of visual entertainment as well. The archive imagery in here, I think, is sensational. It's as much a a story of contemporary advertising, socio-cultural mores, trends, geopolitical trends. It isn't just a book about automotive design. It's the entire world reflected through the prism of automotive design. The most significant thing we're going to see over the next 10 years is is the inroads that the Chinese car industry makes. 15 years ago, they were shocking plagiarists, and and all they did was do knockoffs of successful European designs. I remember visiting Shanghai in 2005. It was comical what they were trying to get away with, and this is a point in time when European OEMs were in joint ventures with Chinese companies just because of the, the scale of the country. Well, it's not comical anymore. The progress that the country has made is uh, phenomenal. And they worked out pretty quickly that they weren't going to be able to catch up in terms of internal combustion engines, but they had all the IP and cleverness they needed in in regard to electrified cars. We're going to see a lot of, of impressive Chinese EVs over the next 10 years. Now, anyway, the reason why I brought that up is because there is a section in the book on the roots of the Chinese car industry, and it's pretty fascinating. I guess that's the point, but it kind of allows you to join the dots in a way that, that perhaps you wouldn't, unless you applied this sort of atlas approach. From the mid-50s to the mid-1970s, I think Italy was responsible for the firing of the imagination, the product design. I genuinely believe in the latter half of the 20th century that the creative lifeblood that flowed through all the Renaissance masters, the the sculptors, the artists, the architects, I passionately believe that a lot of that expression found its way through into car design. 
1966 Lamborghini Muro. This is a car that most people would cite as perhaps the most beautiful car ever made. It's also kind of the first supercar. It was mid-engined, which was an unusual thing to do in that period. It also has a wonderful backstory because the authorship of it is contested. It was probably started by Giorgetto Giugiaro, and then it was completed by Marcello Gandini. Even now, you have to be really careful how you talk about that because these two titans of car design, they're both still alive. They're both still feisty, fantastic characters. This is one of the great contributions to culture, the Lamborghini Miura. They both have a claim to it, um, and they'll, uh, you just have to be careful about It's like kind of going, well, who painted that? Maestros of Italian car design, Giorgetto Giugiaro, Marcello Gandini, just to name two, Bertone, Ghia, other companies set up on his own in 1968 uh, as a tile design, was friendly with a lot of the kingpins of German car industry and Japanese as well. His work is everywhere. He also designed the DeLorean. These are people who have helped shape our entire culture. They're not just car designers. And Giorgetto is also a problem solver. So he did the original Volkswagen Golf, which was a hugely significant car. He did the original Fiat Panda, which was done under extraordinary cost restraints, which was a pressure that he appreciate it because imagine having to design a car that everybody can afford that's where the real genius is a lot of this book is a story of visionaries as well not just car designers but from Carl Benz and Daimler in the early days uh, Henry Ford obviously the first to figure out how to mass produce Alfred Sloan who was the boss of GM in the 1920s who was his widely credited with coming up with a kind of hierarchy of brands and then Switchira Honda in the 1950s who basically was focused on the motorcycle really that was the thing that mobilised Japan but then got into cars won the Isle of Man TT in his bike racers in the late 50s entered Formula One in 1964, won their first Formula One race in 1965. Just astonishing pace that they moved at. And the acceleration that happened in the 70s, I'm phenomenal. These are very challenging times. The younger generation, they're rejecting the car completely. There are a lot of big trends, you know, urbanisation. I think when we had COVID, people were suddenly going, oh, I don't want to live in the city anymore, I want to get back in the country. But everybody wants to live in a big city. Younger generation go, why, why on earth would I want to own a car? So maybe you can do a zip car or rent one at the weekend or whatever. The car industry, that's another thing that they're really worried about. Is the younger generation even remotely interested? Because they're expensive. EVs are expensive. Where do you park? Insurance, all that stuff. There are lots of barriers to it. To me, the car, I, I, I grew up loving the way they looked. I love what they represented. There's a freedom there. We absolutely have to wean ourselves off fossil fuels, there's no question. The answer might come in the form of synthetic fuels. For me, it's a mixture of synthetic fuels, electrification, I think, if for your daily use. But I do still believe there's, there's room for internal combustion, and I, and I hope that, that people will still be able to enjoy those cars. Not least some of the great classic cars, historic cars that are the heart and soul of the Atlas of Car Design. I hope there's room for all of it, really. The author, Jason Barlow, there. The Atlas of Car Design, the world's most iconic cars, is published by Fiden and available at all good bookstores now. That's all for this week. If you're eager for more design stories, then listen to Tuesday's edition of Monocle on Design. 
or if you prefer print, then pick up a copy of Monocle magazine on all good newsstands now. Today's episode was produced by me, Maylie Evans. Thank you for listening. 